BJMO Oncotalks, a podcast series from the publisher of the Belgian Journal of Medical Oncology. Hello and welcome to this podcast. With me today is Professor Eric van Kutzum from KU Leuven in Belgium to discuss the TASCO-1 trial recently presented at ASCO-GI 2021. At ASCO-GI, you presented updated results of the Phase 2 TASCO-1 trial evaluating a combination of trifluoridine and tiparacil with bevacizumab in previously untreated metastatic colorectal cancer patients who are deemed unfit for intensive chemotherapy. Could you first talk us through the rationale behind this study? Well, the TASCO-1 trial was a Phase 2 trial that we performed in patients in the first-line treatment of metastatic colorectal cancer for a specific patient population uh, who were candidates for less intensive cytotoxic chemotherapy. The majority of patients today are treated with a cytotoxic doublet in the first-line treatment with the addition of a targeted agent, uh, an angiogenesis inhibitor or an EGFR um, uh, antibody. But there are some patients, 10 to 20% of the patients who are not candidates and who, or who are not willing to be treated uh, with uh, more intensive uh, chemotherapy. And that's the patient population that we focused on um, in this situation. We knew from the past that there were some data from the AVEX study, for instance, that capecitabine plus bevacizumab in this patient population was a good option. Uh, the English group has been studying that uh, in this situation. And now we wanted to look at the activity in a randomized phase two study of trifluoridine tiparacil, which is a new oral fluoropyrimidine that is being used um, in later lines uh, of metastatic colorectal cancer. So we wanted to study this um, oral fluoropyrimidine, tri- uh, trifluoridine tiparacil in combination with bevacizumab. And in this randomized phase two study, the goal was to compare the activity of capecitabine bevacizumab versus trifluoridine tiparacil bevacizumab. And how did the TASCO-1 study protocol define patients who are ineligible for intensive therapy? Well, it's not easy to define patients who are um, good candidates for less intensive uh, treatment. Uh, the final decision in the study was up to the investigator. But um, there are some criteria uh, for this. Uh, There are patients that may be either a bit older, either patients who have less uh, lower tumor burden um, and who are not in the need of a more aggressive uh, treatment. For instance, patients with with, uh, several small bilateral lung metastases. You see that sometimes. uh, And then in addition, some uh, liver metastases, very small you know that they will never go to surgery um, and that uh, probably if their biology is is not aggressive, um, um, that they may be good candidates for less intensive treatment. Uh, the third group are patients where their performance status is not, uh, not excellent. Um, of course, to be eligible for a trial, their performance status has to be adequate. Uh, but you have these patients uh, that have a little bit lower uh, performance status, eco-performance status. The fourth criteria were patients that had comorbidities. Uh, we know that there are some patients who have a lower performance status because of some comorbidities. Uh, and then they also may be not always optimal candidates for a cytotoxic doublet, so they, they were eligible also. And then after discussion, the investigator could look with the patient. Uh, sometimes if a patient is not willing a more intensive treatment, this is also a patient who is a candidate. So these five different criteria 
in fact uh, uh, led us to to include these patients. From an efficacy point of view, how did the trifluoridine tiparacil bevacizumab combination perform compared to capecitabine and bevacizumab? Well, this study, the TASCO one study, was a randomized phase two study. Um, so the primary endpoint in the first line treatment was progression-free survival. Uh, we have published that a couple of months ago in the Annals of Oncology, showing that the progression-free survival of uh, trifluoridine tiparacil uh, was 9.2 months and of capecitabine bevacizumab 7.8 months um, with a hazard rate of 0.71. Uh, this was not statistically significant, uh, better for trifluoridine tiparacil uh, bevacizumab, uh, but that was not the goal neither. The goal was to uh, to see whether there was at least activity. This is a phase two study. Um, and then at the ASCO-GI meeting, now we presented the data with longer follow-up also on survival. And we were happy to see that also the survival was numerically better with the uh, trifluridine tiparacil uh, versus capecitabine bevacizumab. It was respectively 22.3 uh, months versus 17.7 months for capecitabine bevacizumab. Uh, the hazard rates was 0.78 uh, in favor of trifluridine tiparacil. Um, um, and this difference, we did not do statistics. This was a secondary endpoint, uh, and this was just a descriptive statistic. Uh, but looking at the data, uh, the survival is quite good, uh, more than 22 months, uh, median survival uh, with less intensive chemotherapy in this specific special patient population is not too bad. As the study is focusing on less fit patients, safety is of particular importance. How did the toxicity profile of trifluoridine, tiparacil and bevacizumab look like? Well, the safety profile was good in the study. Of course, there are uh, always some toxicity issues with as well capecitabine bevacizumab as with trifluoridine, uh, tiparacil, bevacizumab. Um, we did not find any new signals of the combination of trifluoridine, tiparacil, uh, bevacizumab. We have the typical angiogenesis-related uh, adverse events like proteinuria, hypertension. Um, and then with trifluoridine tiparacil, we have some of the adverse events uh, uh, like, um, like neutropenia, but the good thing is that it doesn't lead often to neutropenic uh, fever. Um, and so uh, no surprises in this setting. And again, you cannot do statistical comparisons between the two arms in the randomized phase two for uh, uh, regarding the safety. But uh, I think it's fair to conclude that the safety of trifluoridine tiparacil bevacizumab was, uh, was good uh, compared to capecitabine bevacizumab. And finally, do you think that these findings warrant further investigation of this combination in a phase three setting? Well, the uh, TASCO-1 study is a, is a randomized phase two study. The findings are indeed um, promising, good enough to do a phase three study. Uh, we planned a phase three study and that's ongoing actually. That's uh, a randomized phase three study, same patient population, same randomization. The study is ongoing and it's called uh, the solstice study. Um, it's in the starting phase, so we, it will take some time before we have the results. And, and of course, uh, before we can implement these results in, uh, in the different guidelines, we need phase three uh, data. But at least there is hope and promising data in this setting. Also, like we have seen with the combination of trifluoridine, tiparacil, bevacizumab, 
In later lines, the Danish group has shown that in later lines, again in a randomized phase uh, two study, uh, trifluridine tibracil bevacizumab performed better than uh, trifluridine tibracil without bevacizumab. And also in this setting, a phase three study has been done um, uh, in later lines to explore the addition of bevacizumab to trifluridine tibracil, and we are awaiting eagerly to the results. So the field is moving forward in this regard also. Professor Van Kutzum, thank you very much for your time and also for your expertise. This podcast was brought to you by the publisher of the Belgian Journal of Medical Oncology. For more OncoTalks, please visit bjmo.be. Thank you for listening.